I'm Jama Braubach, a partner here at Mercy View, and tonight our scripture reading is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 2, verses 11 through um, 15. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles, But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, How can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jema. Well, again, welcome to Mercy View. Uh, My name is Brad, one of the pastors here, and um, we're so glad you're here tonight. Welcome to to a time of worship. If you're you're visiting with us tonight, we want to say a special welcome to you. Um, I know Trey welcomed you already, but I just want to echo that. And uh, we just pray you're encouraged by your time with us. If we can serve you in any way, we'd be happy uh, to do so. Hey, before we jump into our passage tonight, I want to celebrate something with you. Um, as we do here annually, uh, at the very beginning of December of last year, we invited you to give to a special Christmas offering uh, to go to a couple of very special people to our church uh, to bless them in their ministry in the kingdom. And so um, I'm happy to report to you tonight that uh, because of your generosity, uh, we are able to gift to the Campbells, uh, Jim and Laura in Oldham in the UK, and then the Hoyts in Albuquerque, um, we are going to be able to give them twenty-seven fifty apiece because you guys gave $5,500 in a special Christmas offering for them. So I want to say this to those of you that gave. Thank you. I am so honored to be a part of a church that desires to give graciously and generously to, to mission, uh, particularly mission that happens outside of the four walls of what we do here. You are to be commended for that. Thank you for giving. If you were those that gave to this special offering in the next few weeks, we'll be sending these gifts to uh, the Campbells and the Hoyts, and I know they will be blessed tremendously by those gifts. Well, one of my favorite authors when I was a kid, honestly, still one of my favorite authors uh, to this day is a man by the name of Mark Twain. You probably know the name. Um, He grew up in Hannibal, Missouri, which was right up the uh, I-55 from where we used to to live in Missouri, where I grew up in the Boot Hill. Uh, And actually, where we lived in the Boot Hill was pretty close to the Mississippi River. In fact, I remember in uh, 93, uh, the big flood that that happened with uh, the Mississippi River in that part of the country. I remember going to a, a church over in Cape Girardeau, which was just across the way, which was right on the river, and vacuuming water that was seeping up through the tiles of that church just as a way to serve them in their, in their basement. But one of my favorite uh, reads as a kid 
And actually, Owen's reading this right now uh, at our home, but uh, is a, a little book called The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Probably heard of that too. And in that book, if you remember, Tom was worried about what other people might think if he and Huck Finn hung out. And at one point in the book, this is how the dialogue went. Huck says, now Tom, ain't you always being friendly to me? You wouldn't shut me out, would you, Tom? See, Huck had heard the, the rumors. And Tom says to Huck, Huck, I wouldn't want to, and I don't want to, but what would people say? Why, they'd say, Tom Sawyer's gang, that's who you're a part of. Pretty low characters in that gang, isn't it? And they would mean you, Huck. And Tom is saying to his friend, Huck, look, when it comes down to it, I can't let you be in my gang because people won't approve of it. You will make us look bad. One of the most prominent stories in all of humanity is that you and I are trying to figure out who is in our gang and who isn't. And to answer that question, we believe that we have to make calls on who should be in our gang and who shouldn't. In fact, much heartache and, and actually blood has been spilled over trying to figure out that issue in the history of our world and even in our own country and even in our own city. Why do we do this? Why do we have hostility towards those who are different from us? Why do we worry, like Tom, what others will think about what group we're a part of because of someone else that's a part of that group? Why is it important for us to elevate ourselves over and above other people? What would it look like for us to see one another differently? How should we see one another differently? And does God have anything to say about this? Well, each year around this time, the, the week of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we have taken a moment as a church to talk about one of the pressing issues of our day, the issue of racial harmony. And we've done a lot of good work along those lines over the years. I'm really proud of the work that we've done. I pray that we will continue to do that work because there is much work to be done, even in our own city. So one of the things that we have wrestled with annually around this time is what does racial harmony, racial uh, reconciliation have to do with us here at Mercy View, a predominantly white church? And here's what pastor and and, and great uh, preacher Charles Spurgeon once said. He said, Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. Since union is strength, he does his best to promote separation. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 2 that our enemy, Satan, has designs or a blueprint for disrupting our unity in the church. And for that disruption in our unity here, then to 
spur us on to disunity in society, to get us off mission in culture. Like, let's think about it just for a moment. The very last thing that that the enemy wants to see is a strong and spirit-empowered church that is pushing back darkness in our city and beyond. He will do everything to get in the way of that. 